Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the Darkest Timeline Podcast. Just me today, as well, every day. Well, yeah, you get it, you know. Um, but we'll be talking games, movies, TV, something from the week, and, well, anything else that pops into this tiny little mind. If you're checking us out on YouTube, do subscribe, it's amazing. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure a fiver pops out when you click the button. If you're just listening along, that's fine, but you can also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the Darkest Timeline Podcast. See that? Concerted effort not to make any noise while sitting down there. And I'm pretty sure I have them back in the process. So that's fun. Mm. A little bit of water to wet the whistle. Obviously I've got a uh, pastry sour as a chaser to my water. So, how are you doing? You alright? By the time I listen to this, me saying Dark Knights are rolling in will be uh, even more true than it is now. Uh, but yeah, very much a change of the seasons at this point in time, that's for sure. Got a uh, got a right old list this week. Um, it's a weird one. That's probably not setting things up very well. Um, do you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna set this up. I'm gonna say, let's just get cracking. Um, so last week I did jury duty, or uh, community service, as somebody referred to it as. Um, uh, yeah, jury duty. I'm not going to talk about the details of the case because I don't think that's what we're here for. Um, but I am going to talk. I, I undenied whether to talk about it at all. I was actually on the list for last week's topic of conversation, uh, and I opted to not talk about it. Um, and then this week, it it feel it's one of those. It feels like a million years ago. Um, and like I say, I'm not going to talk about the case. I'm just going to say I did jury duty. Um, I can safely say in, in all the things in this world, excuse me, this is because I'm going to talk about what's, what, what's really exhausting. Um, all the things in this world that I've done that I find the most exhausting sitting on a film set waiting to do something um, and yeah it looked like yeah basically um, 
sitting and waiting in in like in like a high alert status because you know you sat down you know that's relatively comfortable you're not doing anything so you know there's that and all you're doing is waiting and yeah they are hands down the most exhausting experiences i've ever had um so there was an aspect of doing jury duty that was just that it was sitting it was waiting and it was being in that sort of high alert status um so i got home on monday and i was just like i am wiped out um as for the rest of the week a bit different because there was actually something to do um part of me would say um when you get if you get that summons um like with a lot of things there are there are ups and downs and ins and outs and all of that sort of stuff but take it as an opportunity not all of it's good not all of it's bad um and a lot of it's somewhere in between um but i did it and i'm like there we go i can tick that off and then i found out in the last week that you can actually get called up to do jury duty more than once and i was like ah right and it's this thing you know i had it in my head that i was going to talk at length about how it's just one giant psychological uh, experiment how i don't know how they pick the people but you couldn't have got you know x number of different people in the same room uh, i was going to talk about how you know apparently everybody else is there for jury duty but presumably i'm there as one of the defendants um you know days of that uh but i don't think i'm going to i was just gonna i was gonna talk about all of that but i think at this point in time i've changed my mind i know what you're thinking and why am i telling you um there was a lot to it um yeah it's it is an an experience but what i can say is not necessarily a good you know i can't imagine anybody going like, oh it was a great time um yeah it was it was just a life experience um, when you mention it to people you know there are a lot of people that you mention it to and they're like oh i've done that um some people tell you what they've done some people don't uh, I think at this point in time, the best thing to do is to move on. This is one of those points in time where I am going to ask a question in the hopes of getting an answer that I'll never get because, you know, it's not like you, or, you know, a lot of you guys talk back to me. Certainly not at the time. Here's my question. Brace yourself. Do you have that thing where 
if there's a point in time where you feel happy, you immediately think, like you go, ooh, you know, I feel happy. Is your next thought, do you immediately go to, oh God, what's going to happen? What, what bad thing's going to happen? Let me explain. So, there was a day last week, and I was like, I was kind of half sat, half laid on the sofa. Um, I think, I don't know if, I, if I'm trying to claim this as like a dad thing, lying on the sofa. Um, I don't know what, I don't know for what reason I've started doing this, but I've started, I think it's something that I'm trying to, I, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I think there's some connections like, you know, it being a dad thing. Anyway, so I was half sat, half laid on the sofa. I had the, the dog laid next to me. The youngest daughter was walking off at the living room. Doing that thing that children of her age do where they kind of babble. And I don't mean like, like babies or, or toddlers or whatever. It's that. You know, they're telling you what they're off to do and they're off to do something that's not quite firmly based in reality, even though it uses a lot of tools like, oh, I'm off to take this baby off to, you know, cook a breakfast, you know, that kind of thing. But not like actually telling you something where you have to respond, just like, you know, imagination, playing, that sort of thing. So I'm laid, and I've got the dog, and I'm like, uh, this was this was all part of you know getting a dog um, to like lay on the sofa and, and have the dog laid with you. Um, and youngest was walking off of the room, and she's babbling away, and I, I looked across at her as she sort of passed me and, and went out of uh, out of eye eye shot earshot eye shot. That's not a thing. Outside, there you go. Outside, I mind. Um, as she saw past outside, I was like, "I tell you something, I freaking love that kid, man." Um, and that there was this moment, there was this moment where I was like, ah, "I tell you something, this is kind of nice." Sort of, I'm sort of laid here. I've got a dog. Kids sort of like you know, round and about, but. She's playing, she's off in her little world, and she's all like being super cute and stuff, and all of this. And I was like, if I didn't know better, I would say that I was happy. And what I would say, because of who I am, I'd have to say that I was happier. So I was like, oh, you know, this is nice. This is nice. Now, as a rule, I generally do happiness and that's for this very reason and the very reason was this immediately the moment the thought crossed my mind the moment I was like oh this is nice immediately I went oh god what 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 bad thing's gonna happen oh Jesus is somebody gonna die it was that fast one thought drifted into the other it was 
so fast. I started panicking, I started worrying, I was like, oh, you know what, what, what does the dog need to go to the vet? Is, is, the, is the child going to get sick? Are we going to get a, are you going to get a phone call and, you know, somebody's died or, you know, uh, am I going to get a letter through the door saying that I owe, you know, money that I never knew about or just that sort of thing. And this was the thing, this was the other thing. It wasn't like this was just a, you know, I had the thought and then I had another thought and then I was like, ah, don't be silly, it'll be fine. That second thought, oh my God, something bad's gonna happen, lasted for days. Like, oh, you know, is, is this the bad thing? You know, any, any situation that cropped up, is this it? Is this the bad thing? And for me, it's that, waiting for the wet fish, didn't you know, the giant wet fish slap to the face, the, the, oh my God. And, you know, between then and now, stuff has happened. Um, there was something that happened yesterday. Um, there was, um, in fact, if I, I'm just going to dodge at the list not on the list so i can talk about it because it's not on the list um there was i was i was given an announcement at work that um basically you know get your ass back in the office and it's things like this and i'm like are these the bad things is this it is this the bad thing so after like conservatively after about three days i was i got that sick of it that I had to stop and analyse it and I was like why why this why why this why is this the situation why is it a, a moment where things might be okay might have been alright might have been nice why is it then a, oh God, everything's going to go wrong? And my question is, does anybody else do that? Is this, is this a me thing? Is this because of the way that, the, that my life has gone up to this point where, you know, I, I, can, I can safely say at points in time where I've felt happy or the happy, the happier or the happiest or, you know, times when you've been taking stock of your life, you're like, oh, you know, I, I've got quite a good life. I'm quite enjoying my life. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite happy. That has been immediately followed by disaster. And sometimes some of the biggest disasters in my life have been immediately followed by points in time where you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I may be happy. And is that because that's the point in time that it has the biggest impact? Or is it because it has a bigger impact because you're like, oh, you know, things are good at the moment. Oh, wait, no, they're not. But then, because I was so sick of it, and I was like, I need to, I need to address this. I need to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe nothing's going to happen. Maybe it's not. 
that something bad's going to happen. Then I was like, is that, is that a possibility? And then I was like, no, no, I just have to be, I just have to be alert. But, I mean, it could be a week ago. Like I say, you know, there was three days of just looking for the, looking for the bad. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's things like, I feel uncomfortable saying it out loud. I feel uncomfortable that it's going on record. I feel uncomfortable that it's going to go out into the world. Because something out there in the world is going to get hold of it and go, ho, ho, ho. Having a good time, are you? Let's see if we can change that. That is the way I work. That is the way my mind works. How sad is that? How tragic is that you know i'm like oh bad things coming through have i had three bad things can i name three that is me and is there an element of never truly experiencing happiness like what a while ago years ago there was this thing about how i would systematically go looking for things to make me unhappy at any point in time that I felt happiness. And it caused massive problems and massive issues. That self-fulfilling prophecy, that self-destructive nature, all of that. And now being aware of that and, you know, trying not to be the thing that, find, you know, I like I say, there's been a couple of situations and there's a situation that I knew had the potential to be bad, to be a bad situation. And I just tried to ride that whole whole situation out. So, back to the question. Am I the only person that does this? Am I alone in this one? Drop me a line and let me know. So, I've got two things written down here that Sometimes I feel like I need to explain my thinking of things. And other times I'm like, screw it. That's what I've written down. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, this kind of falls somewhere in there in both of those categories. So um, my, um, my youngest daughter has reached this point in time. This, like, she's reached this age where I say to people, like, if anybody's like, oh, she's really cute. I'm like, she's too cute. She's dangerously cute. Um, I have always had this thing with all of my children that I w I've always worked on the principle that if any of them realised what kind of, I suppose, power they have, how much trouble I would be in. And I and I, I just I just spend this time going, oh man, is today gonna be the day? So my eldest, I, I used to I used to bend over backwards, you know, this whole oh she's got you wrapped around a little finger. Absolutely. I used to bend over backwards for my eldest. 
and would still do that now. Um, she she systematically had it drummed into her um, to not let me buy stuff for her. Uh, that was that was generally in those days the way that I would go about things. I can't say I've got too far away from that now, but I do try different things these days. Uh, but she had it drummed into her. Don't don't let daddy buy your stuff. So she grew up in uh, in the way of. You know, if you ask her if she wants something, she will generally say no. Um, my middle daughter, um, ha you know, hasn't had that as an experience. Uh, going going out with her, going shopping with her is a, is a different situation. She's very much like, I want this. Um, but, and here's the crucial thing. She goes about it the wrong way. And my youngest is now getting to that point where I start getting worried. And here's the thing. If any of them said to me, Oh, Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I would like you to do this. Daddy, can we? You know, those kinds of things. Me being me and me being who I am, I'm like, what do you need? What can I get you? How can I help you? What do you want to do? You tell me, I'll sort it. And that is a really dangerous combination. So, well, it's that, it, like I say, it's a terrible combination because basically I'm very much like, I'll do whatever is needed. I was, I was having a conversation. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was explaining this principle. And I was like, oh my God, she's too freaking cute and, it, and it's a worry for me. Because if she turned around and she was like, Daddy, I need a unicorn, I'd be like, right, immediately go into like solution mode. Like, where can I get a horse? And do I know anybody who can like graft a horn to a horse's head? That's the kind of situation that I'm faced with. So I, you know, like I say, I've got this, I've got this problem at the moment that my youngest has reached that age. She's reached the age now where she could quite easily just be like, "Daddy, let's do this," and I'd be like, "Yep, sounds great." What is it again? It's that. It's that situation. It's the whole. Oh man, you know, that kind of thing. So, she's, she's just, and you know, luckily for me, luckily for me, she's not like, I want this, I want that, I want the other. The most, the most I've had recently is she told me that she wanted to watch a TV program at half seven in the morning. And although I knew full well that she couldn't sit down and watch TV at half seven in the morning. The way that she asked me, you know, super cute, all the manners in the world, I was like, uh, help, I need an adult, because uh, I was caving fast. 
I got I did get saved on that one um, but yeah I think I'm gonna coin I'm gonna trademark the phrase dangerously cute um, because it's the only way I can explain it uh, and this is not my first rodeo but it feels in some ways like it is um, I was having a conversation the other day so again my youngest has reached this point in time where she's got like so many clothes like drawers are bursting at the seams with the the amount of clothes she's got because she, being the youngest she gets a lot of hand-me-downs she's also in like some kind of clothing young person mafia where she gets a lot of hand-me-downs from elsewhere it's just it's just non-stop clothes coming in the house I said, I was like, if, you, if she wore something different every day, and then at the end of the day it was washed and put in a charity bag, she wouldn't physically be able to get through all the clothes she owns in the age range that she's in before she grew out of that age. That's the sort of situation we we're dealing with. But. <laughs> She, she'll just like, she'll turn up like first thing in the morning and stuff when she's like dressed and she'll just turn up and I'll be like, look at you, look how trendy you are. And there's like points in time where she's like wearing sunglasses and like, she, she went out on a scooter the other day and she had like a jacket and it was like super trendy jacket, nice outfit, helmet, sunglasses. I'm like, look at this guy. This guy has got it going on. And it sparked this conversation. And I was like, actually, it's not just her. Like, all of them are stylish. My honest has got some amazing outfits. And, like, she puts together her own outfits. Um, like, one of my prouder moments more recently has been um that i got this um i got her a jacket uh, like a denim jacket and it, it's one of those it just goes with absolutely everything um so she gets a lot of wear out of it which i'm happy with but she's super stylish so i've got like at one end of the scale i've got like the the older child very stylish so i've got the, the little guy super stylish and then i've got middle daughter who's smack in the middle you know being the middle the middle child she's smack in the middle so what she's got going on is like style but a different kind of style so she's rocking like the in fact think charlie's angels basically so it's very much like that like three different people with three different styles but all super stylish in their own ways so um my middle daughter would be the the drew barrymore of the of the angels she's rocking some some mean style um she hasn't elevated herself to uh to the level of my eldest because she's not there yet. She's not old enough. She's not. 
She's not old enough to get those those items of clothing. But she's grown away from the sort of stuff that my youngest is rocking. So she's on her own stylish trajectory. So I'm like, okay, so my eldest, stylish, super, super cool, super trendy. Middle child, stylish, cool, trendy. The little one, cool, super trendy, super cool, style icon, trend setter. This can only mean one thing. It's me. They've clearly got this from me. That's the only explanation. They are super trendy, super stylish, style icons, trendsetters, because they are my children. So I feel it necessary to take full responsibility for this. I did, I did this thing, I've gone to the park a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was a nice day, sunny. Sunglasses, couple outfits, all this. And I'd like taken like X number of pictures. I was doing some slow motion videos because they were on like a roundabout thing together. Um, and I was like, look at these guys. Look how stylish they all are. But then, yeah, the realization that, hey, it's clearly me. It's obviously me. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to put that one to bed. Right, what we've got, what we've got left. <laughs> okay, look at every time I check the list, I keep looking at this and I'm like, uh, yeah, there's that. So you know the um, the age-old thing of if you want to buy a house, you need to get a mortgage, and if you want to get a mortgage, the number one surefire way to get a mortgage is to stop buying coffee. Here's the thing, they're kinda right. I'm sure spending, you know, between five and 10 pound a day on bought coffee, when you could make it yourself, is very true. But let me let me tell you this. As some of you may know, anybody who listens for you know for a while may know. Over the course of the uh, the pandemic, I spent uh, my time super wisely and decided to uh, learn how to make two different drinks. One was an iced caramel macchiato. The other was a caramel macchiato. Now, I know what you're thinking. Immediately, you're thinking, is it not the same drink, but hot and cold? And you would be wrong, because it isn't. It's made completely different to each other. It's not just ice cubes that's the difference. So, let's go way back. Way back, way back, way back to the point in time that I was like, oh man, you know, there must be a way to make this at home. Looked at recipes, 
thanks to, I think I mentioned this before, excuse me, thanks to Bill Burr, I learned that any recipe you look up for a, a, an item you can buy, the recipe won't be correct. Something will be left out of the recipe so that no matter whether you can make it at home, it will never be as good as the product that you can buy and that is to encourage you to go, ah, I can't make this, so let's just buy it. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to persist, keep at it, carry on, and ultimately find a way to make the product the same. Add a little bit of this, take a little bit of that away, mix things up, scrap it all, start again, that kind of thing. So, I originally set out on a goal to make ice caramel macchiatos because I was very into them, let's say. And thanks to uh, perseverance, I managed to reach a point in time where I could say, do you know something, that is as good if not better than a bought one and i was happy with that i was fine with that and that worked really well through the summer however you know when the weather changes a little bit although it's been glorious for the last few days when the weather changes a little bit the idea of a iced drink is not necessarily at the top of the hit list so it's like i think uh paul and leanne both put it to me if you know how to make an iced caramel macchiato can you not simply make a caramel macchiato i.e a hot one i was like do you know something i don't know if i've thought of that is it not just a case of making one hot as we know, visit earlier in this conversation, the answer is no. They have different recipes, which I found out when I attempted to make one, realising, do you know something, I have no idea how to make this drink warm. So I went and found a recipe, found the recipe, gave it a test run. No go. Now here's the thing, I didn't have the tools to do the job, but I made do. And it was kind of somewhere in the vicinity. Now, from learning from making the iced caramel macchiato, I knew if the flavour was off, that was an easy one to fix. Just add X. Um, for all I am against vanilla, turns out that vanilla is important for certain recipes. The main one being if you're ever going to make cookies, make sure you've got some vanilla on hand. So flavour-wise, I was able to eliminate the issues there. And like I say, at the time I didn't have the tools, made it difficult. You know, try frothing milk without a frother or a steamer or you know, the tools to froth milk. Having had a birthday X number of months ago, uh, I got a milk frother and a milk jug 
for my birthday. And then we were off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. And I um, have managed to perfect the caramel macchiato. Now, here's the thing. When I say perfect, what I mean is, since perfecting the ice caramel macchiato and caramel macchiato, I have had a bought one of each. And that was the point I realised. Do you know something? That drink there is all well and good. However, there is about eight, nearly nine quids worth of drinks sitting there. And I think I prefer the one that I make at home. And that was that. Now, the, 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 the thought of spending the best part of 20 quid on four drinks, or the best part of 10 pounds on two drinks, is absolutely baffling to me. I look at all the money that was poured down the drain. Um, and now, you know, now it's like, oh, it's X time of the day, X time of the morning. I'm gonna make, uh, gonna make a hot drink, boom. Two or three minutes later, supping down a lovely coffee. When people say, oh, you know, you wanna buy a house, stop buying coffee. I think there's more to it than that. I think it's very much a, for me, I, I don't need to buy a house. I have a house. Um, for me, it was more of a stop spending that money and learn to do it yourself. Um, and there were, there were certain things, I had certain goals I set out for myself throughout this pandemic stuff and not necessarily you know making coffee was up there on the list but it made it onto the list and as of today i can confirm you know tick that box so ladies and gentlemen i would say to you if there's something out there that you are you know spending money on unnecessary money Maybe you too could learn to do it yourself. Let's talk entertainment news. Not news, but entertainment. Here's one for you. You'll love this. One, two, three, four, five movies to talk about. Um, now then, one, two, three, four of those movies I've seen before. Excuse me. So I'm not going to dwell on them too much. Um, however, the fifth film is new to me. Um, there will be some, some dwelling on that for particular reasons. First film on the list is the film Gross Point Blank. Um, assuming you might remember that last week I talked about watching High Fidelity. Um, and I've watched Gross Point Bang Blank in the last week. Um, Gross Point Bang used to be one of my favourite films. I have seen that film 
so many times. Largely the reason I haven't seen it for a while is that reason. It's super stylish, it's super quotable. Um, great acting, great comedy, great sort of great film. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that movie. Haven't seen it in years for a multitude of different reasons. Uh, but just for some reason seemed to be on some kind of John Cusack kind of let's watch High Fidelity, let's watch Clarence Point Blank let's leave it there um, man it's a good film it's uh, yeah it's a great film and do you know something stands up to this day stands up nicely um, it's weird because I don't really know what to say about it uh, it's an amazing soundtrack great actors John Cusack, Joan Cusack uh, Dan Aykroyd, Mini Driver I was think Mini Driver is a really I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody but I was thinking she's a bit of an odd one I, I can think of like two or three films she was in but outside of that I'm a bit like what what else did she do was she married to why do I want to say Harrison Ford I what many I mean, you couldn't tell me on the couldn't tell me on the front screen, could you? I mean, uh, where's the where's the wiki? Come on, partners. Nationality: British American. Interesting. Breakout Roll, Circle of Friends, Cult Classics, Gross Point Blank, Goodwill Hunting. Hmm? Nominated for Academy Award. Hmm? In television, starred with Eddie Izzard, Life and Education. No, I want to know who, music, no, podcast. She has her own podcast. Who doesn't these days? Previously, she was briefly engaged to Josh Brolin. Okay, then... I guess it was Josh Brolin? That doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right about that. Hmm. Anyway. What was that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, she always strikes me as somebody that, like, I'm like, she was in Gross Point Blank. Oh, what else was she in? I don't know. It's a great film. 
it's a thoroughly enjoyable film. It's very much, this will sound a little weird because they're completely different films, but it's very much in the high fidelity vein. Um, John Cusack's fast talking um, kind of nature. Um, hey. I was going to say at some point, because I'm going to come on to the next two films that I've watched. Um, I was going to say at some point, oh, I'm in a real hitman kick at the moment. Um, but obviously that's what he is in Gross Point Mike. That is interesting. Um, I have watched Hitman and Hitman Agent 47. Why, you might ask? Um, I don't know. I watched the Hitman, the Timothy Oliphant one, because I haven't, I haven't seen it in a while. And you know you are when you have that thing where you're like, is that film as bad as I remember? And you watch it and you're like, I don't know. Probably. So obviously you watch Hitman and then the, the the suggestion for the next thing to watch is Hitman Agent 47. I watched it. And I was like, I don't know which is worse. And yes, I've written them down on the list and yes, they are films I've watched, but they are not current or recent films. So I feel like I don't need to talk about them. What I do need to talk about is why do we think that we can't make a good Hitman film. There have been... So there's three of the current games. Then what? I think there was like... Five of the original games? Let's say... And I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong on this one. But let's say there was eight games. If with that much information you can't get an idea of what a character's like, then something's gone wrong. Now admittedly, I will say this, some of those games won't have been out at the time that these two films came out. But I never understand when it what is the process? Oh, there's, there's this computer game and it's really popular. People are really into it. We want to make a movie. Okay, what's it about? Uh, it's a guy. He's a clone. Uh, he's also an assassin. Uh, he goes around, you know, killing people. Sometimes in like, uh, you know, nor normal situations. Some in, in very elaborate situations. But that's basically it. Okay. You can make it. But stipulations okay go on what are they okay so uh, we need a, we need you to add a woman into the film okay and we want her to be not a love interest but kind of a love interest okay and Basically, if you can make it like a 50-50 where it's like half about him, but not really about him. And then the other 50% about the woman, but 
also kind of not really about her either that'd be great okay that sounds really difficult uh, but we'll we'll give it a go I imagine that's you know every meeting that's ever been about making a hitman film but it's the same for everything it's the same for absolutely everything oh we've got this franchise it's massive super popular we want to make a movie okay here's what we're going to want, what we're going to want to do here we're going to want to make it nothing like the franchise and hope that it's going to be successful I was watching them and I was like, do you know something? I think now might be the time for somebody to have like a proper crack at making a Hitman film. And just, just do it right. I feel that you've probably got a lot more leeway nowadays for what people are prepared to accept. And I think now's the time to just make a film with a guy who's got a barcode on the back of his bald head, who doesn't really talk all that much, wears a suit, red tie. He's got, like, you know, guns, but, like, famous guns, the, the, the silver ballers. But does have a tendency to use other and just basically have a film where it's like having having you know i'm just pitching this probably you know years later be like i'm pretty sure i gave that away for free have him set out to kill 10 different targets in 10 different countries across the world but the objective is to make every single one of those murders look like an accident or natural causes you know that kind of thing not shoot somebody with a sniper rifle instead make it accidentally slipped and fell in the shower there you go i just wrote i just wrote your new hitman movie right there boom you know at the end of the day there's, there's your premise, tie it up a bit, send it out into the world, job done, but no, let's, let's get a woman in there, not a love interest though, um, yeah there you go, that, that's that, I watched a new film, um, I watched Cruella. Now here's the thing. Not a film I, I'd set out to watch. And I wanted to watch a different film. I wanted to watch Nobody. I really want to see that film. It looks really good. And I think that it would be a good watch. It's had good reviews. Uh, it's basically John Wick with a different actor. That's what I'm all about. Let's do this. Come on the last minute oh uh you're gonna have to pay money to watch uh nobody yeah that's true oh let's watch something else let's watch something for free 
Okay, well, you know, there's not a massive amount of stuff out there to watch. What is it you want to watch? Let's watch Cruella. It's like, oh, God. So then I was like, oh, actually, two people who, for the sake of this, shall remain nameless, said to me that it's actually a really good film. So, I tell you what, I'll give it a crack. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the worst decisions I've ever made. Two hours and 14 minutes of my life. I am never getting back. That film is terrible. And you know something? It started out good. And that makes it worse. That makes it worse. Because what that tells me is you could do it. And you made a decision. A conscious decision to not. If it was shit from the start. I'd, 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 I'd have been able to let you off a little bit but it was fine at the start I would even go as far as say it was quite good it was watchable I know that much the irony here is that the, at the point that she became Cruella that film took a nosedive so fast there were, it had it had all of the things. There was a point in it I, I, I turned to Anne and I was like, why is this film still on? Because it was one of those, it was a painful experience. It was like pulling teeth. It just kept going and going and going and going. And it was awful and awful and awful. And here's the thing. Saw something where somebody had reviewed, 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 yeah, Cruella. Gave a terrible review. And then somebody who was maybe linked to the film or maybe had nothing to do with it came out and said, maybe you are not the target audience for this film. Maybe a middle-aged white man is not the target audience for the film Cruella. Okay, well, let me put this to you. Who is? Who is that film made for? It was not good. And the other thing is, it could have been, it could have easily been good. Because all of the tools were there. And at every point in time, at every single decision that the film made was the wrong decision. It was not good. I have since gone and looked up some of the reviews for Cruella. Um, something that, in hindsight, I probably should have done previously. I just knew that it had had a bit of a mixed response. Um, turned out, no, didn't have a mixed response. It had, a, it had an awful uh, reception. Um, I went and looked at some reviews that talked about how bad it was. Um, yeah. Not for me. Let's put it that way. Um, I had to follow it up with a film that um, 
I knew was good. It was like I needed something to cleanse my palate, and I did so with what was is probably going to be wildly overlooked movie, the film Sunshine. Every single thing about Sunshine on paper makes you go, what the fuck? That sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible film. That can't possibly be good. And here was the thing. Like, if you read the back of the box for Sunshine, you get to the end of it and you're like, the fuck? Are you fucking serious? That can't be a film. That sounds terrible. What made it even better? I think it's on Disney through like Star or something. When I clicked into it to go to watch it, the 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 write up that it that was on Disney said, "Sunshine is a 2007 sci-fi movie." That was it. That was all it said. I was crying with laughter. Anybody who hasn't seen it, here you go. Brace yourself. Principle is the uh, the sun is dying, and a crew of astronauts get in a spaceship and take a bomb to the sun to reignite the sun. I'll let that one sit with you for a moment. Now here's something, it's a Danny Boyle film, which immediately for me, when I first heard about this, I was like, really? Somebody once told me about Sunshine's movie, and I was like, that sounds fucking awful. They're like, yep, it does sound that way, but it isn't. That's Danny Boyle film. Really? That's interesting. I was preset Oh, Jesus, I was persuaded to watch Sunshine. I was like, right, okay, I'll give it a go. And I was not disappointed. If anybody's seen Event Horizon and hasn't seen Sunshine, largely they are the same film. Um, the, the comparison between the two films is so great you wouldn't even know where to start. But Event Horizon is a really good film. So, if you've seen Event Horizon and you haven't seen Sunshine, and if you think Event Horizon is a great film, guess what? The comparison does not stop there. Sunshine is a really good film. I promise you, it's a really good film. Um, I think part of the problem is, and I think this is where all of this stems from is, Sunshine is a film that if somebody hasn't seen it, you can't really tell them too much about it. Because it will spoil it. And I think that's where the problem comes in. Because I could say to you, oh, well, you know, what it's actually about is this. No good, because it's kind of, it kind of spoils it somewhat. Um, great cast. Um, Cillian Murphy, Chris Evans, um, a guy who I saw recently in Mortal Kombat, he plays a Scorpion Mortal Kombat, uh, Wong from Doctor Strange and Avengers and stuff, he's in it, uh, the lady, I want to say maybe Michelle, Michelle Young, 
from uh, way back in the day from Crouching Tiger. Uh, I do feel, oh yeah, of course you're going to flipping crash on me. I'm very sweary today. Right, there we go. Uh, oh look, no surprises, I've, uh, I've, I've looked it up. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh. She was a crouching tiger. There is another actor in it, but it's one of those very much like the rest of this description. Uh, I'm not going to tell you because uh, it might give it might give some elements away. Um, if you haven't seen it, I promise you, it's well worth a watch. Don't don't read about it because reading about it just puts you off because it's very much a the blurb's terrible. Um, like each week that passes, I have written Scrubs series seven on my list. Um, yeah, I mean I've watched a couple of episodes in the last week. I, I, it's got to the point now where I write it on the list because it's something that I've done and it's something that I've watched and, and, and so on and so forth but I, I can't bring myself to talk about it because it's just we're just going through the motions now so let's move on uh, I haven't played any VR in the last week because like I'd said before the weather got real nice um, uncharacteristically so uh, and the one thing about nice weather is, unfortunately, nice weather is not VR weather. And I was sweating bullets. Uh, what I'm very much hoping is that uh, over the course of the week, with the weather changing, being like a little bit cooler, definitely hitting some VR action this week. Moving on from there, though. So, uh, a lot to go through here. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <sighs> there were some issues. I got to the very back end of the game and I reached a point where the game was like, okay, you are not a high enough level to do this. You are level 280. You need to be level 340 minimum. And I went, what the fuck are you kidding me so in the end i googled it and i was like i'm gonna have to look up what it is that that's gone wrong here and what came back from my google search was a lot of people going oh apparently i'm not high enough level to do these missions can somebody tell me what to do and the answer was oh you just need to go and grind and do like every single thing in the game to get more xp to level up and I went, you can fuck off. Two days later, I was like, I don't really feel I can let this go. So let me go and see. So what I did was I went around killing all the members of the order and tracking them down and all this, that and the other. Just trying to level up. And I leveled up a bit. And then there was an update. And apparently, in this update, what they've done is they've corrected the level for the, 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 the last missions running up to the end of the game. 
So they haven't corrected the level for the area, but they have corrected the level that you need to be to do the missions, which makes it a bit difficult because it's like, oh, you, you can do this from level 280, which I was past at that point, uh, but the area, you need to be level 360. Made it difficult, but not impossible. So we moved on from there. And what I can tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, right, it didn't happen today, it happened a few days ago. Uh, I have now finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a game that I started in December 2020. It is currently September 2021. Value for money? I believe so. Anybody that's been listening all this time will know I haven't been playing all that time. In fact, I haven't really played it all that much. In the grand scheme of things. A couple of things about the back end of the game. One, I, I wasn't sure when I'd actually finished it. And I had to look it up. And it was like, oh, you've had the ending. I was like, okay. I've had the ending, so why doesn't it feel like I've finished the game? So I did a few more things, you know, took out some more members of the Order. I was like, you know something, it really does feel like I haven't finished this game. So I did some more Googling and found that I had in fact not finished the game. There was an entire section of missions that were left to do. I went off and I did those missions and I went through all of them and uh, did various things after those missions, returned home, uh, at which point the game told me, guess what, you have in fact finished the game and if you want to continue doing stuff, feel free. And that was that and by the end of it I was like, Do you know something, it wasn't amazing. Um, it probably wasn't even great, but it was good overall. It's a solid six slash seven out of 10. Well, at the time that it wasn't great, it was probably a solid six, maybe a little bit less. But at the times that it was good, it was a definite seven, maybe a little bit more. Um, my, one of my issues was that I did have to Google a lot about that game. Any game that you're playing and you're playing quite a lot of, should you really have to look up so much? You know, things like, have I finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Should I not know that? Where do I find the next mission? Shouldn't that be obvious? How do I find this person that I need to assassinate? Is there not another way of finding that out other than looking it up on Google? <sighs> a little bit disappointing at the back end. Uh, like I said, I think previously there was a little bit, uh, again, there was a little bit of a sag in the game. Um, you know, there was some really good stuff in there, there you know. Um, one thing you can say about Assassin's Creed, they do, they do write a reasonable story, um, and 
when I finished it, I, I, I will admit I was kind of sad to see it go. But as in following with watching Gross Point Blank and both Hitman films, kind of came to the conclusion that there are three Hitman games in the current uh, franchise. I mean, it's all one franchise, but the current series of games, there are three of them, which I own all three. I'm looking at one of them right now. And I just know something. I wonder what it would be like to play all three Hitman games back to back. So I went about the task of installing Hitman 1, which is a mammoth task. It's not big. It's just because it's so broken into pieces, you have to like do individual tiny little bits to make up the game. Which I have now done some of it twice. Not entirely sure why that was necessary. I also have this thing about Hitman 1, as it's known. Or Hitman, as it's known. For some reason, and I don't know why, I can't really ever remember too much about it. And I never know why. Until I start playing it. So there is a feature. Um, in, these, in these three games, there's a thing where you can... Um, you basically go into a list of different ways to complete assassinations, select one of them, and it will not walk you through as such, but it will give you hints and tips and, you know, go here, get a costume from this guy, go over here, go in this room, kill this person, move on. What I remember from the three games is in the first one it was really bad. It just like it was like oh there's a there's a way there's a way to do a mission over there you know past all of those guards. Like there is absolutely no way to get to that. Why would you do this? Like yeah, but it's over there. Hitman Two did it really well from what I remember. Um, I'm kind of, I'm quite looking forward to playing Hitman Two again. Hitman Three was a little bit of a step back from what I remember. I remember not enjoying Hitman 3 as much as I enjoyed 2 and for the reason that I don't overly get on with 1. 1 is still trying to be the games that they that it was. This whole, you work it out, you figure it out, you do it, just make sure you do it perfectly. One is still trying to be that whilst also going, oh, but we need to make it so everyone can play. So uh, here, here, do it this way. Here's a hint for you. Try this. So as a, as a system, it's very conflicted. Um, which, from the game player's perspective, makes it quite difficult. I, I spent like gameplay time for me, maybe hour, couple of hours a day sort of thing. I spent two days on one mission. And it was just, all it is, is saving and loading and saving and loading, excuse me, and saving and loading and saving and loading, 
to the point that you realize that no matter what you do and what you're trying and how you're trying to do it you can't get that objective to work so then you load a saved more often than not from right at the start of the, of the mission and try and do it a different way um, and that's what I did what I am trying to do this time round is I'm trying to complete uh, objectives that I've never done before like I say unfortunately that's made very difficult when for example the level I started last night brand new level I was like oh I've never done this objective I'm going to do that one and it went okay go over here past these two armed guards and these two armed guards in an area that you're not supposed to be in by the way we're not going to give you any information about a different way to get into that area good luck all right okay that's that's great i'll do that then shall I? one thing i am trying to do is not google not youtube that sort of stuff but if i'm honest the level i'm on now it's looking very much like the only way i can do it is either one of the ways i've done it previously which is kind of pointless or i'm gonna to have to look it up um there is a part of me that is very tempted to skip uh, Hitman 1. I had massive issues with the first Hitman game. Not the first one, but this this first one. Um, in the sense that... that the, whole, the way it was released, they released like a level every you know four to six weeks. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the game wasn't finished and they wanted the opportunity to start releasing it before it was finished. And that's what they did. And then they released... A level at a time over the space of god knows how long like a year or something and then they just kept adding to it and it just made me hate every part of it with every fiber of my being because ultimately that's not how games are supposed to be made outside of that like i say what you've got is situations that are too difficult to complete so there is a part of me that is like oh, let's just skip this first one and play him on two instead i will keep you updated with a lot of the stuff i've talked about there um i'm not gonna lie getting a little bit bare bonesy as far as games are concerned and there is nothing on the horizon I saw a trailer the other day for a um, new Spider-Man game like coming 2023 so that's two years away and I bet you don't mean January either I bet you mean December so yeah um, struggling at this point anyway like i say i'll keep you guys updated with uh with how it goes thank you for listening with me and until next week i say i'll see you later so there you go what do you think to that another one done 
Thanks for listening along. And if you are listening or watching on YouTube, do subscribe. It's a big help to the channel. And uh, word of mouth is also a big help. So uh, tell your friends and family members. If you're listening along, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as I said, it is a big help. Jump over to thecookiecast.com. Check out our social media links and email links. Drop us a line. Let us know how you're getting on. And uh, we'll give you a shout out. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.